This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey there, MMA McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up? What's up? Awesome and loved and valued people. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful that you're here and I'm so thankful for the incredible encouragement that you are about to get to tune into because I have the one and only Jordan Lee Dooley here on the podcast and we are going to be talking about some tough stuff that I think is extremely relatable. We're going to be talking about what does it look like to have a healthy version of success? What does it look like to walk in contentment and clarity whenever whenever things aren't going as we had planned they were going to go? What do we what does it look like to lean on the Lord and to walk in hope in the midst of something that's really sorrowful? And so I am really really excited and yeah, y'all tuned in for a good one. Guys, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad to have you back again a second time. I like this repeating thing. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. You've been so generous with this show and I'm so thankful to be here again. I I loved our last conversation. So I know this one will be probably just as good, if not better. Oh, well, I, I am pumped about this conversation as I was just getting to hear your heart as I read through just the message in your book, I was so encouraged because you really hit home. Like, what does it look like to walk in clarity and contentment Mm -hmm. in the midst of whether it be the awkward in-between periods Mm -hmm. of seasons and the waiting seasons, or whenever you're navigating a situation where plans don't didn't go as you had thought yeah. they would go and the yeah. discouragement and the disappointment that comes from that. And so mm-hmm. I really just wanted to start off our conversation with like hearing your heart and how have you experienced that? Because I know whether you're an author or a speaker, typically you speak and write on something that the Lord himself has been leading you through. It's like mm-hmm. a personal encouragement. Mm-hmm. And so I want to hear like what led you to write this book and how have you experienced that in your own life? Yeah, it's such a good question. Um, honestly, it's been interesting because the way that I kind of tell, tell the story arc of what led to this book, originally I had a different idea for what, what that this book was going to be. And there's still a little bit of that idea that comes through the pages, especially in the conversation about sometimes the big setbacks in life, the unmet expectations, the broken dreams, the waiting, like those periods, they kind of like they almost make us pause because it throws us off from like the going and the continuing at our own pace. And sometimes Mm -hmm. in that pausing, there's that opportunity and it's, it's hard to call it an opportunity because it feels like an obstacle. Um, but there is an opportunity in that to really step back and reevaluate and really reconsider like, 
where am I going and why? And what mm. am I pursuing and what really matters to me? And that's really what happened for me. Um, I ended the year of 2019 thinking that I was on top of the world. I had checked off so many things on my list before the age. I had just turned 25 that year. And I was like, I'm newly married. I've been married for a couple of years. My, I had just written a best-selling book. My business was taking off. My husband was able to leave his job and come work with me. We had just found out we were expecting. Like There was just like one thing after another that was just like one thing. Everything was going according to plan. And I thought that I had the world at my feet. Um, mm-hmm. And then very quickly things turned. And we had one thing after another go wrong. We walked through multiple pregnancy losses, COVID, hit. Like there was some really hard and heavy stuff that threw off our plans professionally, threw off our plans personally. Um, But then there were also, you know, as I was reflecting on that, there were also all sorts of other almost is what I call them, like almost getting to where you thought you would be. And then something coming and throwing you off course or walking through this unmet expectation just when it looked like everything was going according to plan. So we had some really big things that absolutely influenced me. Um, But then I started thinking about it as I was kind of working through this content and because I was in the process of writing the manuscript as all this was unfolding. And I started thinking about like my husband almost played in the NFL. He actually did play a game and then was released right before our wedding day. So there was a lot of career almost that we've experienced in our marriage and just in our life. there was some unmet expectations, I think, there for us. There was um, the decision we made to sell our home, which we thought was going to be like our yeah. dream home. We thought it was going to be the place that we lived forever and you know, maybe not forever, for a long time. We were going to renovate it and yeah. make it like everything that we ever wanted. And then we kind of came to this place where we realized it was way too much of a stressor and a burden on us. And it wasn't serving our primary focus, which kind of came like through unmet expectations, through suffering, through waiting, like those priorities became more and more clear to us. And so letting go of our dream home, like there was all of these just different things where we were like, well, we thought life was going to look like this, but instead it looks like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And some of those were really hard and heavy and some of them were not necessarily so deep and they weren't necessarily grief, but they were just like, that's kind of an unmet expectation. Like didn't expect to be, you know, moving right now, or I didn't expect to have to figure out a new career path. We thought we were going to be playing football or, you know, different things like that. So all of that said, I kind of started reflecting on all of the different experiences with unmet expectations and kind of plans not going according to plan. Some were really hard, some were not as hard, but all of them can be really disrupting. You know, like there's yeah. that, what do I do with this? And, and it was interesting because when I wrote the first manuscript, um, I originally wrote it and turned it in on June 1st. And I tell this story because I think this is really appropriate for the book. Um, I turned it on June 1st of 2020 and that was the first draft. And it originally followed this story arc of like, hey, if something doesn't work out, just get back up and try again. Like it'll be redeemed, which is kind of the cliche story that we're told. Mm-hmm. And I had kind of penciled in that redemption story. If, at least specific, like, again, this book is not about like loss or anything, but those stories are in the book and included in the book. Yeah. And at the time when I turned it in, I was like 12 weeks pregnant again. And we had just taken our announcement fi- pictures. Like everything was like seeming fine. And so I turned in this story thinking like, everything worked out this time. It's all going to be great. Like God's flexing his big big redemption muscle, everything like that. Anyways, 10 days later, we found out unexpectedly that we went through another loss and it changed the whole story. And it was like, and and that's why this book kind of became about, it became a book that doesn't have a pretty little bow tied up at the end because that's really life in many ways. Um, I think a lot of times we want that redemption story in the timeline we want it, in the way we want it, and everything else. And sometimes it seems like we're getting that, and then something else goes wrong. And so I really wanted to write a book to the person who's like, what the heck? Like, 
Yeah. I keep getting up and trying again in one way or another, whether that's with a career or with trying to heal something with my health or in a relationship or, you know, something else. And I just feel like I keep getting knocked down or no matter what I try, things just aren't going how I thought. And I just feel like I'm almost there, but not quite. And I can't quite figure out what, what's the, what the holdup is. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it became a more relatable message because I think most of us are tired of the cliche, like, Hey, just get up and try again. It'll all work out. God's got you. And then sometimes it's like, what about when that totally doesn't happen that way? So anyway, I was kind of a long way to describe it, but that was kind of oh, where it was it. born out of. It was kind of born out of like even the mess of the the messy middle of in the process of writing it and having to kind of go back and rework it once the story went the way I didn't think it would go. Wow. And I love to ha- your your honesty and your approach to writing this book because mm-hmm. I think whenever the Lord entrusts someone to have a like such a broad sphere of influence as he's entrusted to you like whether or not there there are days that come or kind of can forget that so many people are waiting to hear what you're going to say or waiting to hear what you're going to write and they're real people just like you and me and yeah. to take that sphere of influence and and steward your platform in such a way that you let people know one, I'm human too, mm-hmm. and I get it. And mm-hmm. just because I may be in this certain position, it doesn't mean that I'm less human. It doesn't mean I have less struggles. It doesn't mean that I that I can't you can't relate to me. And mm-hmm. I think that that then brings some ground to work with whenever we do point people to truth and we point mm-hmm. people to hope and we point yeah. people to the encouraging word. Cause I think that that hope and encouraging word, it has even greater depth to the listening ear whenever mm-hmm. they're first met with in mm-hmm. understanding and yeah. Hey, I get you. And so mm-hmm. I just love that you did that. And, mm-hmm. and also, okay, this is like, this is really really cool. I read this quote by Christine Kane and mm-hmm. I wanted to share it because it leads kind of into the next question I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. She said, this is so good. She said, when you don't know what to do, it's okay to do nothing mm-hmm. until you feel a sense of peace about what to do. Mm-hmm. There are times you will feel pressured to do what everyone else is doing or to make a rash decision. So it looks like you're doing something. Mm-hmm. It will take a great discipline to neither act nor react but to, like what you said, to pause and ponder. Mm -hmm. Remember, waiting is actually doing something. It's not Mm -hmm. doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Waiting for direction or a word from God is not easy, but you'll have far less regrets waiting for God instead of rushing ahead of Him. Mm -hmm. And I love that quote. And it it encouraged me just in the question of like, can you talk to us about what does it look like to make the most of a waiting season? Whether it's like you've just experienced the disappointment of plans not going Mm -hmm. the way you thought you've experienced that almost like, Mm -hmm. what does it look like to be in that waiting period of like, I have no idea what's next, but I'm not in the next yet. Like, how do you make the most of that little pocket of time that you don't know how long Mm -hmm. it's going to last? Totally. I love that quote that you shared. There's so much truth to that. And it's tough because I think especially when we're finding ourselves like something fell apart, big thing, small thing, it doesn't matter. Like we have this like disappointment or this unmet expectation and we're like, it's, it's so tempting to be like, I need to figure out how to make it work. Right. And we just Mm -hmm. kind of start doing stuff and sometimes we make it worse in the process. Um, and so, 
Yeah, it's tough. And, it, and it's tough to know. I think it's really important to also like seek counsel from like, hey, I'm trying to discern like what God's leading me to right here in this season. Um, sometimes it is like pause and just reevaluate and ponder. And sometimes it's go, you know, it just depends. But I think mm-hmm. first there's always a pause, even if that pause is very brief um, to really get clear. Like adversity, I've always said adversity can create clarity if you let it. If you allow God to like speak into it and you seek kind of clarity in that process, Um, but to really make the most of of that wait or that pause, because sometimes the pause is two days and sometimes it's two years, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times there is a pause that follows something that goes wrong. And I think when it comes to making the most of that, it looks like, okay, I think it starts with asking three critical questions. What do I truly value? Why do I value it? And how am I going to steward it? And I think that's really key because we live in a world that's constantly saying you can have it all. So we are devastated when something in our like picture perfect life that we think we're supposed to have goes sideways or goes wrong or disrupts our, you know, journey or our, our pursuit of the next milestone or the next accomplishment or the next relationship or whatever. Um, and so in a world that's constantly saying like, you can have it all, it makes us think we can have it all and all at the same time. And there's really no having it all outside of God I've had to learn. Um, you know, and I think that sometimes when when something that feels so critical to your picture or your idea of all is removed or disrupted or delayed in one way or another, it kind of like forces you to lean into that. And it's natural to want to resist it because we want that thing to work out. But when we can kind of just lean into that to begin with, I think that's like step number one, because then we can start asking the really important questions of, okay, the world is telling me I can have it all. I've been feeling like I've been trying to pursue it all and do it all and whatnot. But like, what do I actually value? You know, there's that um, verse in Psalm 37, four that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But the context and the important truth behind that to remember is when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires begin to look more like his desires for your life, right? So when you, it's not, I think as Christians, we get afraid to ask, what do I actually want? Like, what do I actually value? Because Mm -hmm. it sounds like we're like being selfish. And when I say to ask that, I don't mean like, do you want the Louis Vuitton bag? Like, that's not what I'm asking. It's saying, what is actually important to you? Because Mm -hmm. this world's telling you, you got to be number one in your industry and you've got to, you know, do this and that, and you need to do all these things by 30 or whatever age we've arbitrarily set. And when you actually can step back, sometimes in the face of waiting, God will show you like, hey, you actually really value family or you know what? Everyone's been asking you when you're going to get married, but like, that's not actually something you really are feeling called to in this season. So don't feel that pressure. You know, like sometimes that clarity comes when we actually like have the space to consider it rather than just listening to all the voices. So I think first consider what do you want, why, or what do you value and why? Like, why is that important to you? Because you may say some things and then when you start asking why, you might be like, I don't know. It sounds good. My mom's always made me think I should do that. Like everyone around me is doing that. Like there's not really like a deeper rooted reason for me. You know what I mean? Whether that's Mm -hmm. to get married and have a family or to grow in your career or to whatever it may be. So I think what do I really value? Why do I value it? That will help you really hone in. And then once you get clear on that, how am I going to steward that well? And that will then start giving you clarity on your next steps going forward. It may not roll out the red carpet and say like, this is your roadmap, but it'll at least give you that, that direction of, okay, then this is what I need to focus on right now. Okay. Then maybe these things I thought were so important that I was pursuing and now have come to find that I'm actually pursuing them kind of arbitrarily just because they sound good or I thought I needed to do them or whatever. Maybe I need to table that until I get some more clarity or, you know, direction from God on that. And these few things that are coming up for me are this one thing that I'm realizing is really a priority. 
needs some tending and needs some stewarding. And I need to figure out what adjustments and shifts I need to make in my schedule or my life or my commitments or all of the above to really be able to tend to that well and to steward it well so that I can actually invest in the things that I've identified I actually value. And that's why that's a big theme of this book, just because that's really what happened for me. Sometimes it's deep suffering that gives us that perspective. And sometimes it's just the setbacks in life that make us pause. So I think you make the the most of the weight and of the, of the pause by first starting there. Then Mm -hmm. I think you also, sometimes that weight can go on a long time or that, you know, in that in between of like, okay, now I know where I need to go, but geez, like things just are still taking a while. And I think in that space, there's an opportunity to really like allow God to develop you and to grow you. I always say life is like a garden to tend, not a game to win. And the world makes us think it's a game to win. Like you've got to keep up with others or you're behind, you know, if you're not married by X age, you're behind, or if you're not this by X age, you're behind. So there's a lot of keeping up or outdoing, I think that exists in our world. So we often start treating it as a game to win. Even the things we, we really do want out of life or that we really value, whether that's kids or a family or a home or a, a influence or whatever, they're almost like we start che- treating them like checkboxes, right? And yeah. um, I think that's where we just kind of get into this like game mentality of like, hey, I just got to make this plan, do all the right things, and boom, I'll get what I want. Sometimes that's true. There's nothing wrong with working hard toward the things you want or the things that you hope for. However, I think we lose sight of like, life's not that, it's not that like, it's not that game ish, if that's a word, like it's more like a garden. And sometimes like you're going to water something and put so much effort into it. And the dang cucumber is not going to grow at the pace (laughs) that you wanted it to. And then meanwhile, your friend who's not even watering her cucumber, it's like the cucumber is going to grow really fast, you know? And so it's like, you've got it. Your job is to do the tending. Your job is to identify what Mm. needs tending, what needs weeding, what needs to be focused on, where can I pour in? What do I need to pour more into? And how can I, how can I do that really well? Because otherwise it's so easy to start looking at everyone else's garden and turn this into a game and a competition. And so um, I think just leaning into what do I need to be doing to really tend to this season of my life? In this season, it may look like serving. It may look Mm -hmm. like getting, like rolling up your sleeves and serving someone else or, you know, opening your home. And it, or it may look like learning something new. Maybe you've always wanted to learn Italian cooking, but you've always been so busy pursuing your goals and taking care of people and doing school and all the things that now all of a sudden you're in this gap, this in-between, and you've got this like space that you didn't expect to be there, whether that's because you walked through a breakup or you didn't get the job, you know, advance or um, the job promotion that you thought you would, or any, like now you've got this time or this space, use that to learn the Italian cooking. Use that to read a book on how to manage your finances. You know what I mean? Like I, in my like waiting seasons, it's been interesting. I've really tried to learn into, lean into learning. And one Mm. of the random things I found myself, just like being curious. Some of it is like really important stuff, like financial stuff. Others of it is more just for fun. Like I remember I just wanted to find a way to connect with my dad and also learn something new. So I asked him to teach me to play poker. I didn't need to learn to play oh, poker, Jordan. but like he did, you know? So like yeah. my, I guess my point is like, once you kind of ask those important questions of what do I really mm-hmm. value? Why do I value it? And how am I going to steward it? And really try to look at this as a garden and not a game. Then you can start really being intentional about the, the ways you spend your time. And you can start saying, I want to learn something new because that's going to inform, you know, make me a more well-rounded person for the next season. I'm going to be more prepared. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to read books on topics I'm interested in. I'm going to serve. I'm going to finally do that bucket list item and go in the hot air balloon. Like whatever it may be, like 
finding ways to like your life before you get everything you'd like, I think is the ultimate challenge. And it starts by asking those critical questions. What do I value? Why do I value it? And how am I going to steward it? And then allowing yourself to really fill this season with meaningful things, not just arbitrary goals to chase or this kind of reaction, like you mentioned from that quote, where it's like, ah, I got to fix it. I got to force it. I got to make everything work out. Um, Sometimes it's actually like, no, just be prepared and allow Mm -hmm. God to use this as a boot camp season to prepare you. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... friends, I'm talking to all of the mamas out there. As I'm sure y'all probably know this, tons of kids' vitamins today are loaded with sugar and unhealthy chemicals. And that's actually why Haya was created. It is a pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin gummy for your kiddos. It's non-GMO, dairy-free, nut-free, gelatin-free, and allergy-free. And plus, your kids can decorate their bottle of vitamins with fun stickers that they're just gonna love. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You can receive 50% off your first order, but to claim this deal, you can head on over to HayaHealth.com Emma. This deal is not available on their regular website, so you have to go to HayaHealth.com Emma. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash Emma to get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults. Are you looking to take better care of yourself and give back? Well, this is actually why I started taking Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a smoothie that literally just consists of one scoop of powder and only eight to 12 ounces of water. I take it every single morning and it is jam packed with superfoods, antibiotics, helping your immune system, helping recovery. I mean, all types of things. In regard to giving back, every purchase of Athletic Greens, they take that and donate it to organizations that help feed hungry kids. Friends, this is incredible. And not only that too, but by don't by purchasing Athletic Greens, you're also saving money because it's so much cheaper than going and buying all of the individual supplements yourself. So, Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. As I said, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy too, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Emma. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Emma to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and give back. That's so good. I love how you just said, like your life before you get the things you like. Mm -hmm. And I think too, if those things that we like and those things that we are seeking after, if that is something that we end up getting to have, I so agree with you that patient Mm -hmm. endurance and that making the most of where we currently are and being present and learning and leaning in and being curious. I 
so agree with you that it fully is is equipping us and preparing us to be able to steward that thing well if that does yeah. come. Like that's yeah. just so good. Totally. And we're talking about goals and dreams and plans that may not go how we thought that they were going to go. Mm-hmm. And I think something really cool is our mindset that we have whenever we are setting goals and we are making plans, it Mm -hmm. plays a role into what our response is Mm -hmm. regardless of how the outcome is. So if our plans don't go how we thought or our goal isn't met how we had pictured it, Mm -hmm. then the heart posture that we had from the get-go is going to play a role into our response in that. And I wanted to ask can you tell us like what would be the single most important question that you need to ask yourself when you're at kind of the front end, when you're mm-hmm. making the goal or, yeah. or making the plan? Like what do I need to ask myself before even yeah. stepping into it so I can respond well regardless of the outcome? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that kind of touches briefly on what I was mentioning with those three key questions. I thought I think so. This, that was yeah. good. But the second one is really the key. So mm-hmm. when you are making new plans or maybe you're kind of a, once you kind of get clear on like, oh, this is really the direction I need to go, you might start setting some goals or some, you know, um, milestones that you want to try to work toward. And I think, but to anything in life, and especially when you have that chance to reevaluate, looking at everything that either you want to say yes to, whether those are mm-hmm. goals or dreams or plans, or that you have said yes to and are in the process of pursuing, evaluate each of those and asking why. Why, like, and I, I share that because I remember it was um, a couple years ago, and I share this story in the book. But my husband and I were having a meeting, just in, like just kind of a goals meeting together, and he pointed at some different projects that I had planned for my work, and he pointed at something. He's like, "Okay, so what's your goal for this?" And I just like threw out some random number. I was like, "I think I want to do X, Y, Z on the launch," and he was like, "Okay, awesome. Why?" And he wasn't saying that in a condescending way. He was just genuinely yeah. curious, like, why is that the number? Why is that the goal? And at first, I didn't really have an answer. I was like, I don't know. It sounds good. Like, I've done that before. My friends have done that. My colleagues do that. I don't know. Like, I didn't really have a clear direction or a clear reason. And so we started digging huh. into that. And what we found yeah. was, well, what I re- – like, he's like, well, what do you actually – like, get out of the headspace of the number. Like, because I think a lot of times we turn numbers into goals. Like, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to make X amount mm-hmm. of money this year, et cetera. But when we kind of started digging into why I thought that was what I needed to do for that project, we found that like I basically just said, well, after, especially after my loss and stuff, I said, I feel like I kind of found, I I remembered why I started what I'm doing in terms of work. And I remembered that a lot of that was because I wanted flexibility so that one day when I did have a family, I would have the flexibility for that. And I said, and I feel like I've been working so much the last few years that like, it's kind of ironic that I didn't want to work a nine to five, but now I work 24 seven. So I feel like I need to hire help and I need to kind of expand my team and get this thing more systemized. And he was like, bingo. Okay. He said, so you've got a bigger purpose behind that now, because now this is for the sake of your family, for the sake of your health, you need to grow your team. So we need to make more revenue. Great. So let's think about what it's actually going to cost for two new team members or whatever. We kind of started just working through that. And we found through that process that I actually only needed to make like half of what I thought I did to accomplish that goal without overexerting myself. And it's, it was like, not that you, that you have to play small, not that you have to say, oh, well, then I don't need to make anything more than I absolutely need. Like there can be bonus. There can be extra. That's a gift. That's great. 
But I would have just arbitrarily pursued this huge number thinking that was necessary and probably mm-hmm. burned myself out in the process without actually being clear on why that number mattered or why that goal yeah. was important. And I think we do that a lot. We set these arbitrary goals because our sister did that. She lost 10 pounds or she, you know, got a raise in her work and her job or whatever. And we don't actually consider like, well, why? And what do we need? Because really the money or the numbers or the whatever it might be is more like a vehicle to the actual goal, which the goal is like the life. It's the way you spend your time. It's what you're investing in. It's a mm-hmm. deeper purpose. It's got a, it should have a more eternal weight to it than just, yeah. I don't know, it sounds good. And so I guess my biggest, or my biggest challenge to you as a listener is to every single one of your goals, whether they're financial or not, ask yourself why. Why do you That's want that so house? good, Jordan. Why do you want that promotion? Why do you want to lose X amount of weight or gain X amount of weight or win such and such competition? Like what eternal, it doesn't have to be like overly spiritual, but just like what eternal value does that have? Or what mm-hmm. value does that have for your family or for your future? And if it's just because it sounds good or because you want to be able to say you did it, like, is that really worth like, wor- like, could you be spending that time on something more important and more lasting? So anyways, that's, I think the most, the single most important question before you say yes to anything is ask yourself why. Oh, I love that. Not only is that so rich and good, but that's easy to remember. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's a that's an easy question yeah. to remember. Um yeah. and you kind of hit on the direction I wanted to take this next and it is the how we define success. So like mm-hmm. in our home, me and Josh have this saying that success is equivalent to obedience. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it is really easy to let success be defined by, like you were saying, the number, like yeah. how much of our clothing do we sell or how mm-hmm. many people showed up at the conference or how mm-hmm. many people bought the book or like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's easy to get into that mentality. And so in order to create a safeguard um, for Mm -hmm. our home and for our hearts, we were like, okay, success is equivalent Mm -hmm. to obedience. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, regardless of what the number looks like, were we obedient Mm -hmm. to God? And Mm -hmm. if so, that's a win. And it keeps Mm -hmm. us in a posture of celebrating God's goodness all the time because we Mm -hmm. trust that he's doing what's his Mm -hmm. will. And it, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so uplifting and it prevents you from like being in this posture of defeat because you thought success was a certain number. Yeah. And you talk about that, which I love. Can mm-hmm. you tell us like what it looks like to redefine success whenever we are making our plans and setting our yeah. goals? Yeah. I mean, that's really those key, three key questions. And because I love that. That's like, I feel like the umbrella of our conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it's so true because, um, like I said, I think we can really turn like, okay. So in the book, I opened with a story about a garden that I started and I had no idea what I was doing, like Uh absolutely none. But I just felt like it was something that was kind of healing for me in that season. We wanted to kind of find a hobby together. So anyways, we start this garden. Didn't know that that was a bad idea to do in August. You should, we should have started in like May. Um, (laughs) so at the end of the day, basically I had this expectation that if I just showed up and watered and did all the things, like I was going to have this bountiful harvest and like all of this produce. I got four kale leaves out of the whole, whole garden, not four, four kale plants, leaves. Uh, four leaves, like little leaves. Like I think one plant survived oh, and grew a little bit. So I a like baby salad. It was, it wasn't a salad. It was like thrown into my like store-bought salad. And I was like, I ate from my garden. Like it was a whole hilarious <laughs> moment. Um, but I had to kind of, in that season, it was kind of as all this was working through my brain and I was like, mm-hmm. I've got to su- define success differently. Because if I'm always defining it as like the mountaintop and always reaching a certain number or whatever number I set, then if yeah. I fall just short of that or almost get there, but don't quite, 
I'm going to constantly feel like in this state of defeat and I'm going to miss some of the stuff that God wants to be doing in the middle of it all. So anyways, I kind of started to think about that garden a little differently. And I was like, okay, if we're defining success solely in terms of the physical harvest, yes, it was a failure. Like I did not know what I was doing, but I learned a lot. And I also had to look at that little tiny kale plant that survived with the four leaves as not just a reminder of what I failed at, but also like to try to see it as a reminder of what's possible. You know what I mean? Like, and like, for example, if what you were saying, like if 20 people show up to a conference, but you were expecting 200, you could look at that as a complete flop or you could look at it like, Hey, 20 people showed up and that shows that people need this. So we just need to like make some adjustments and do it again. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's also a reminder that you can grow something is kind of what in my case I had to realize like, okay, didn't turn out quite how I thought. And so if we're looking at success solely in terms of the physical harvest, yes, it was a failure. But if we start looking at success through how I learned to slow down, how I learned about gardening and learned a new skill that I didn't know anything about before, even though I kind of learned through some failure, right, or something not mm-hmm. going quite how I thought. Yeah. Um, if, if we think about it in terms of how I learned to kind of get in this rhythm of every morning, waking up, spending time with God in the garden, like watering before I got on my phone, or like all of that is a huge success. All of that was incredible growth. Mm-hmm. And it was breaking bad, not bad, but unhealthy patterns and habits that I had in my life as, you know, a go-getter, achiever, constant, like just on the hustle train. It was like, it was the thing that kind of helped me lean back into being present, being still, being slow. Um, And so in that regard, it was a huge success. So I guess my, my point is not only do you want to ask those three critical questions of like, what do I actually want? Like, what do I actually value in this life and why? And is that from God? And is that honoring of God? Um, And it's not bad to have desires and your own desires. It's just as long as they can honor God. Like, I think that's something we also need to recognize and also how you're going to steward it. Like those three questions are really key in defining what success really looks like for you. Because when I went through that process, like the garden was kind of this like physical illustration and metaphor, that first garden I I did that kind of reminded me like success isn't just how many plants grew. It's also how I grew, you know? And I think that's true in anything. It's not just in the numbers of the outcome. It's how did God stretch you? How did he grow you? How did he teach you something new? Um, Mm -hmm. So all of that said, I think if you can get really clear on what is, what what do I actually value? And then how does, how is God growing me? Even if I don't get the outcome I expected, that's really where I think the redefining success becomes, it almost starts to feel easy. And and it almost mm-hmm. feels empowering because I think a lot of us are being told what success should look like in our life, either yeah. by advertisements, uh, advertisements, by social media, by family members, by our peers because of what they've done. And we just kind of assume that's what we should do. So yeah, I think not only redefining it for ourselves mm-hmm. uniquely, but then also saying, even as I get clear on what it is uniquely for me and what I value, then I need to make sure that I'm not only putting the definition in the outcome. It's not that the outcomes don't matter. It's not that I can't have goals for the outcomes, but yeah. at the end of the day, where else is success beyond just the outcome? It's in the growth that, that God creates in you. It's in the obedience, like you said, and that mm-hmm. gives you something to celebrate, even if you don't get the outcome you thought you would, or it takes longer to get that outcome, or you know, it, it doesn't plan, pan out quite how you thought. It doesn't mean it's automatically a failure. I'm so encouraged listening to you. You are like hitting this home. I <laughs> I just love your life. And I think a lot of other people are really encouraged by your life. And so I mm-hmm. want to finish with this last question. And that is, as you've walked this path, what's what's next for mm-hmm. you? Where where are you headed in regard to those three questions of what you value, why, and how are you yeah. stewarding it? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, honestly, I've really tried to focus on 
this book. This book has felt like a culmination of the last two and a half years, three years. So I've tried not to look too far ahead because I have learned that if I plan too far ahead, those plans get disrupted anyway. So um, (laughs) right now I am really focusing on the book and stewarding this message and serving my community in that way on the professional side of things. And personally, I feel like God is moving some mountains and teaching us some things. And we've settled into a simpler life. I think I mentioned at the beginning, we sold our home, which was kind of a hard, a hard decision to make, but it was totally the right decision. It's allowed us the space to not worry about construction projects happening every other day in our home and really feel like home's a refuge and to heal Mm -hmm. and to take care of our health and, um, to pour back into our marriage. So I feel like just a lot of beautiful growth is starting to sprout from a lot of that work that we've done over the last year or two. And I can see God like kind of starting to bear some fruit after a long season of kind of making some changes and adjustments and asking hard questions and letting things go, letting go of some dreams, um, Mm -hmm. redefining what success looks like for me. So yeah, I think it's just a lot of, a lot of being present and focusing on the project that's at hand and just trusting the Lord with the next steps in terms of everything he's doing in our personal lives too. That's so powerful. And I love all of these words, the season and the bearing fruit and the sprout. I love these (laughs) words. That's such a beautiful picture. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I just want to show you this book. It is absolutely stunning. Jordan, can you tell them where they can get Embrace Your Almost and where they can continue just to tune into the incredible ministry that you are leading so faithfully? Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you can find the book pretty much anywhere books are sold. Um, if you go to jordanleedooley.com slash EYA, all of the retailers are there. But Target has an exclusive edition. Barnes & Noble has signed copies. I think Books A Million does as well. You can find it on Amazon. You can really order it anywhere, um, anywhere books are sold. So would love to see you uh, reading a copy of that. So if you grab one, share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jordanleedooley. And that's where you can find all of my other resources and podcasts is linked there and everything else. So you can find me on Instagram at jordanleedooley or on my website, jordanleedooley.com. Yes, guys, I hope that y'all have felt the same way I have in this conversation, where I just feel like a blanket of calmness has just Mm. been laid over my heart and my mind. There's such (laughs) power in seeking peace and pursuing it. And I hope that this conversation has encouraged you to ask those questions of and ask those take the those questions to the lord and take those mm-hmm. questions to the people in your corner you're doing life with and just in with your own self of what do i value and mm-hmm. why do i value it and how am mm-hmm. i going to steward that and mm-hmm. i pray it has encouraged you to be present i think mm-hmm. so often we miss our present moment because we wish we were somewhere else and yeah. so just lean in and make the most of this day that the mm-hmm. lord has made rejoice mm-hmm. and be glad in this day and know mm-hmm. that his plans cannot be thwarted and he is a good god who gives good and perfect gifts to his kids so trust mm-hmm. him just as each day comes and just do the next right thing jordan Thank you so much for just blessing us today. This has been incredible. And I hope that the rest of your day is wonderful. Well, thank you. It was so fun to chat with you. I know I probably rambled quite a bit, but it was fun to get to share some thoughts. And I just pray that this message blesses anyone who needs it in your community. And I'm so thankful to be here. No, I love it. No, and I, you are our guest. I wanted to hear from you. And guys, if you are watching on YouTube, be sure and give a thumbs up, subscribe, comment down below how you were encouraged, who you'd like to hear from next week, um, and what other content you'd like to hear as well. And if you are listening via Apple or Spotify, um, we would love if you would download, rate, review, and share it with your people. And be sure and go get Embrace Your Almost. I love y'all so much. You can follow us on Instagram at Have You Heard Podcast. I love you guys, and I'll talk to y'all next week.
I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast. And don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.